What's up, Cougar fans? Welcome to another episode of the Holy City Hoops podcast. Tommy here. Thank you for tuning in. Big news in College of Charleston basketball. We have a new coach. As you know by now, Pat Kelsey is taking over for Earl Grant. It is a new era in Chucktown, and there is lots to discuss today. Harrison Bown, a frequent guest on the pod, you know him, is here to talk about the hire itself. We both think CFC nailed this one, and we're going to tell you why. We chat about the search, Friday's introductory press conference in Cistern Yard, what we expect from Coach Kelsey and the Cougs from here on out. This is a jam-packed episode, but I think you're going to dig it. If you have never listened to the show before, maybe this is your first time, please be sure to subscribe and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you like to hang out online. And if you've been with us for a while, thank you also. College basketball season is winding down, and if this ends up being our last episode until late summer, early fall, thank you for sticking with us during a wild and crazy COVID season. Um, The podcast continues to grow, gain new followers. We had some awesome guests this season, so I really appreciate you all listening. But let's look to the future. The Pat Kelsey era is officially underway. Let's bring in Harrison, break it all down. All right, Mr. Bound, it is very exciting to be a Cougar fan today. We finally have finished the head coaching search. Pat Kelsey, the new coach at the College of Charleston, how are you feeling? I feel great about it. I think this was a, uh, a slam dunk hire for, for CFC. I think our AD did a great job. And uh, I'm telling you, this is, I think, the most excited I've been about College of Charleston basketball in a while. You know, n- nothing... I don't mean that in a negative way against Earl or any of the former players, but there's just, uh, you know, kind of a new sense of uh, fresh life with the program right now. And, and Pat Kelsey, I think, is a very energetic coach and a winner. And so I'm, I'm very pumped up to see what uh, the future holds for us. You took the words out of my mouth. Very exciting. And I don't want to say it's like a shot in the arm for the program because that kind of infers that the program was on life support beforehand. But we're obviously in a pretty good spot with Earl Grant prior to this. Maybe you could say we plateaued a little bit, but Pat Kelsey, I think definitely, I mean, from that press conference, which we're going to talk about, the winning record at Winthrop, which we're going to talk about, definitely just raises the ceiling of what I think the Cougars are, are capable of and builds upon that foundation that Earl Grant built. Super excited. Uh, today, you and I are going to talk about Pat Kelsey's background, where he came from, what happened at the press conference on Friday, and then kind of look ahead to to where we go from here. The biggest step is done. The coach is in place. He made it to the press conference. He didn't back out like the, the last time we hired a, a Winthrop head coach or the last time he got hired for a job. So yeah, where, where do we go from here? But um, sounds like you're on board with the, uh, the hire. W- w- what's your letter grade you would give to Pat Kelsey hire? I would go with... Probably like a B plus A. And the only reason I don't say A plus is because we obviously don't know what will happen. We have to wait and see, you know, what he builds here and how well he wins. Um, so I hate to go give A plus because he hasn't coached here yet. And we haven't seen what he's done. But I, I it's it's definitely in that, you know, A minus B plus range. And I, I'm, I'm very excited. I think that we really nailed this looking at who, you know, some of the other candidates were. I think if you asked all the College of Charleston fans, I would say that they wanted either Pat Kelsey or Ryan Odom. So I think that we got our guy, um, which is awesome. And uh, I, I think we have a coach who can really build this program even further um, from where Earl's left it. I'm going to go A. I'm going to, yeah, I think a solid A here. I mean, you and I had talked about this 
in our little group chat about who we thought were the best candidates. And we thought Kelsey was, was not even in the running. I mean, this is a guy who a lot of people speculated could probably just stay at Winthrop, keep collecting a check and hold out for a bigger job. I mean, he's a Cincinnati guy. He's a Xavier guy. He could probably just wait until that job comes open for him to even be achievable. Um, you know, even to, to be out there, and we didn't. We should mention there were no leaks at all in this search process. Um, the AD Matt Roberts and the coaching committee or the search committee really moved quickly and quietly, which was their goal from the outset. Um, but yeah, we didn't even think Kelsey was realistic. So so to nab him, I think I think that's an A. Yeah, I mean I, I'm totally with you. I mean I, I was discussing with a couple former players last weekend. We were playing a little pickup basketball. And- we all said, you know, well, wow, like Pat Kelsey would be a great hire, but all of us were like, no chance. He, you know, comes to college at Charleston, he's going to go get a power five job either this year or next year. Um, and so I think that that also speaks to the program that college Charleston is oh, yeah. and, and the potential that's here, the success we've had, you know, this is somewhere that's obviously it's an extremely attractive place to live and there's, there's great facilities and there's a, you know, a great campus, but it shows you that this program is very well thought of in, in the coaching circles. And I'm, I'm thrilled that we could grab what I think is a really great coach. A proven head coach, nonetheless. I mean, this isn't, yeah. this isn't like a mid-major team that hires a, a, an unproven assistant at, you know, from another school. This is a guy who's proven to win. He's taken teams to multiple NCAA tournaments. He's won the vast majority of, of his games the last nine years. I think if Winthrop maybe takes out Villanova in their first NCAA tournament game, which was just a, a couple of days ago, then maybe he's off the table. But fortunately, he was interested, and I agree with you. And we're going to talk about this in a minute, why this is not a lateral move by any stretch uh, for, for Kelsey. But yeah, I think the energy, the enthusiasm he brings, which was obvious from the press conference, still pretty young guy. He's only 45. It's not like... This is an over-the-hill kind of guy looking for a retirement job. No offense to Kremens, but it's very easy for mid-majors to go the Bobby Kremens, Cliff Ellis type route. So he just brings energy, enthusiasm, and from an X's and O's perspective and from a wins and losses perspective, uh, he checks pretty much every box, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I, just like you said, I mean, there, there's some great older coaches out there that I think would jump at the opportunity to come to College of Charleston and, and, like you said, have that retirement gig. And and who knows, like maybe that's eight or ten years and there's a ton of success and that's awesome. But I feel like with him, it's this young, energetic guy who was able to go to a Winthrop and really build it and, and really get a lot of um, buzz and energy around that program and then win, you know, and then prove it and win and really recruit some some players that you would never think would go and play at Winthrop. Um, and so to get a guy like that who you feel like is, is easily going to be a Power 5 you know, head coach at some point, to get him to, to see the potential and, and, like you said, the press conference, to be able to compare us to, like, well, you know, if Gonzaga did it, why can't we? If, you know, a VCU-type deal, why, why, why couldn't we do that here at Charleston? And it's nice to see a coach who I think really shares the vision of, of the fans and the AD of that's where we should be. And I, I think the first step of that is expecting to be on that level. And then you go out there and you build it. Yeah. I want to touch on the, what if, what if he eventually bails for a power five job, which Earl Grant just did to be fair. Sure. I think the days of a coach being the coach for life, you know, like the John Cress template, those are kind of long gone. If Pat Kelsey 
takes a power five job, at least that means he was successful at CFC. Yeah. You know, even if that happens, if he if he's still raising the profile of the school, that's that's fine with me. Uh, that's what VCU does. You know, they, they've rotated through a couple coaches. They're still fine. You know, your Dayton's or or whoever else. There's, there's mid-majors, not even, even at the Gonzaga level, just constantly competing for tournament spots. It's the program that you're building, not necessarily like the head coach who has to be there for life for you to sustain success. And the thing is, is we don't know yet. I mean, it, it, I don't think anybody would have ever said that, oh, Mark Few is going to be here at Gonzaga for 20 plus years. Yeah. And you know, lead us to have this unbelievable basketball program. He probably didn't even know if that was going to happen. So, I mean, we, we don't know what Pat Kelsey will, will eventually decide. And we've obviously got to have that success first, because if you don't win, he's not going to be here long anyways. But, you know, who knows? Maybe he, he falls in love with Charleston. Maybe that's why he took this job. We, we yeah. have a lot of success and he decides to make this his home for the next 20, 25 years. Uh, but like you said, if he does decide to move on, you know, to a power five school, kind of like the situation we're in with him getting hired. I mean, you look where we were at before Coach Grant came in here, and, and now as he's leaving, we've we've had a bunch of 21 seasons, an NIT bid, an NCAA tournament game that we probably should have won. You know, he, he raised this program and got it kind of back to where it was, and now hopefully Pat Kelsey can build on that. And um, and who knows, maybe he'll be here 20 years, maybe it's five years, but as, as long as it's improving the program and, and like you said, continuing to um, – develop these players and, and get us on that national level where, where we're thought of as, you know, one of the best mid-majors in the country. I, I think that's what's most important. Yep. Yep. For sure. Uh, well, let's talk about a little bit what he did at Winthrop, because if you can do this at Winthrop, I think there's a lot of potential for what you can do at Charleston. 186 and 95, nine seasons at Winthrop. He came around right around the time Earl Grant was hired at CFC, actually. 662 win percentage uh, at Winthrop, three Big South tournament titles, including back-to-back the past two years, four regular season titles, two NCAA tournaments, but it should have been three if last year's wasn't canceled, obviously. Fifth all-time winningest coach in the history of the Big South Conference, averaged 20.7 wins per season over nine years. And I saw a lot of comments on Reddit and on Twitter from other big South fans, you know, UNC Asheville fans, Charleston Southern fans who were like, we are so glad Pat Kelsey is out of here because they basically lapped the big South each of the last two seasons. They went 23 and one last year uh, before losing to Villanova in the NCAA tournament, 17 and one in the big South. They won their, their three big South tournament games this season. They won by an average of 25 points. So just absolutely annihilated the rest of the big South. Any of those numbers stand out to you particularly? Well, I think just the conference record. Uh, you know, everybody will come back and say, well, the Big South's not that good, and he got some good players, and so if you get a dominant team, you know, the Big South's not that good, so it should be easy to run through it. But you have to go do that first. I mean, how many times have we seen a College of Charleston team where you're like, well, we should not lose to these SoCon teams. We should not lose to, you know, some of these CAA teams. Then you blow a couple games, and all of a sudden you're third, fourth, fifth in the conference yeah. and not competing for a championship. So I think that's really impressive, and I think that shows – more than anything, the culture of the program, expecting to win, knowing that you've got to show up and play your best basketball no matter who it is. Um, and I think that's where those those tournament numbers of them winning by an average of 25 points really stands out is, you know, they're the number one seed. Every They've got a giant target on their back. They're going to get everybody's best shot every single night. And they came out and showed up. Yeah. And so I think that really speaks to the, the energy and the culture of the program that he built at Winthrop. And um, 
and that's what really kind of excites me because to, to take this program to that next level, I think you've got to kind of have that confidence and that attitude of, yeah, we're the best and we're going to come up and, and show out and play like it every single night. We're not going to have these little letdowns and hiccups. Yeah. And it's not even like a, a UNCW situation where it's like, you know, one big recruiting class that, that kind of carries you for a two year stretch. I mean, you go down his list of, of wins by season and it's like, first place tied for first place second place third place tied for first place first place first place it's it's sustained success that whole time and you mentioned the the big south being a weaker conference which i want to get to but someone mentioned on twitter i think it was alan boston said if winthrop had played cfc this season winthrop would have been favored by 12 so maybe the big south maybe you're a big fish in a little pond but this winthrop team probably would have beaten the cougars this year so to oh, get yeah. the coach, so. <laughs> to get the coach from that team to come to Charleston, uh, if he if he just you know inputs his his twelfth seeded team from this year into Charleston, Charleston probably wins the CAA. So yeah, lots and lots of potential uh, with this hire, and yeah, I, I want to get into why it's not a lateral move, but I want to cede the floor to you if there's anything else you want to say about his uh, his resume. Well, I think it's also impressive. You know, I remember when he got hired at, at Winthrop and being from the Charlotte area and growing up and seeing, you know, the Greg Marshall Winthrop teams. And, and you always kind of thought Winthrop was a, you know, had a decent program, especially when Greg Marshall had taken them to the couple tournaments that they went to. Um, but seeing him build the, the culture around that program and his whole, you know, like rock the hill campaign and getting fans in the stands and, and showing up, you know, around rock hill and, and getting people pumped up about rock hill basketball or about Winthrop basketball like that's not an easy thing to do. I mean, if you've ever been to Rock Hill, South Carolina, no offense, there's not much going on. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's right outside of Charlotte. Um, but to go and get the energy around that program with that small school and what he did there, I just think is unbelievably impressive. And I think with a bigger stage like Charleston, um, with our fan base and the culture of our program, I'm just really excited to see how he builds and markets our, our program going forward. Um, and I think that's where he'll be a huge asset uh, to CFC. Yeah, someone, uh, you know, I saw this somewhere else. Even with all the success that Winthrop had, even with, you know, the types of teams they were bringing into Rock Hill to play, um, the way they dominated the the conference. And, you know, I should I just want to reiterate this. The high point of Earl Grant's tenure was CFC going to the NCAA tournament and being a 13 seed. Winthrop was a 12 seed this year. Um, yeah. But still, the the place wasn't packed. You know, the attendance numbers weren't where you would think they would be. And I think that maybe comes with Winthrop's position in the greater Charlotte kind of sporting hierarchy. Yeah. But he's going to get some some sellouts at CFC. He's going to get some big time opponents coming to, to Charleston just because of where Charleston is and, you know, the history of the program. So I'm excited, uh, like you are, about about what he can build with the resources that Charleston has. Well, and, and to second on that, you know, being able to bring in some of the bigger schools here to Charleston and then mixed with the style of play that his teams play, I think we're always going to feel like we have a chance to beat these big schools. Um, and, and I think that that's a huge thing too. I mean, I, I watched that game with them versus, versus Villanova and, I mean, they, it was it was a dogfight the whole game. I mean, they ultimately lose by 10 points, but it's not like they went out there and got beat by 20. And that's a good Villanova team. I mean, they ended up going to the Sweet 16. Um, 
but that, I mean, that I think that his style of play and the energy that he brings around the program and the, the players that he's going to have, I think that at College of Charleston, we're going to get to see us play some big teams. And, and I think we'll get back to, to beating some big teams like we've been used to. Yep. Yep. So I saw some, some chirping on Twitter and on Reddit and some message boards with people wondering why would Pat Kelsey go from Winthrop to Charleston? It seems like a, a lateral move for him. Uh, those, you know, it's two, two mid majors, you know, why can't he just hold out for that bigger job? Like we mentioned, I want to dig into that topic a little bit. And obviously this is a CFC podcast, so, you know, we're biased, but I think there's a lot of reasons why this is not a lateral move. Brian Mull, who, who's been on this podcast before and, and a lot of people follow him on Twitter. He had said after this season, there wasn't much else for Pat Kelsey to accomplish at Winthrop. He had steered that ship as far as it could go. That kind of nails what I want to get into. Pat Kelsey, as I just mentioned, had completely crushed everyone in the Big South the past two years, and there isn't anywhere further to to go than that. You know, he's going to be held back by his conference uh, from only going so far. Um, So the Big South versus the CAA. Let's start there. The last seven years, uh, here are the Big South's Ken Palm rankings. Keep in mind, there's, what, 32 conferences? Um, So in order, Big South goes... 28th, 30th, 19th, 26th, 28th, 23rd, 24th for an average about 25th best conference by Ken Palm. CAA, by comparison, 18, 18, 22, 15, 12, 10, 18. So an average about 16th over those those past seven years. So right there, you're going up 10 conferences basically in terms of overall Ken Palm ranking. And I think that points to you know, the CAA has got higher quality coaches, more resources, more budget. Uh, basketball is a bigger priority at most of these institutions. <laughs> and we have to we have to address, you know, something obvious. Coach Kelsey's also doubling his salary going from Winthrop to CFC. Yeah. So that <laughs> that strikes the is this a lateral move right away? Um, I think he's probably going to be the highest paid coach in the in the league. I think Grant was. So he, yeah, he, he I, might be in that Grant position. But why, why do you think this is not a lateral move for him? Well, just like you said, I mean, no offense to these these Big South schools, but I mean, think about where most of these schools are located. It is smaller, you know, smaller towns, cities. It's smaller schools. And no one, as good as he's been at Winthrop, right? No one around Winthrop or mid-major basketball is going, man, Winthrop has an opportunity to be the next VCU or the next Gonzaga, you know, in this major mid-major player in, in college basketball people talk about college of charleston in that framing all the time and not just fans i mean we hear it from you know mid-major podcast and espn pundits about the potential that's at college of charleston and so i mean i think if you're you know a head coach and you've got an opportunity to, to come to a place like this that doubles your pay better conference more resources potential to be a vcu gonzaga you know, major player in college basketball, you ha- you have to take that job. I mean, that's a dream. And to top it all off, you get to live in Charleston. Yep. Um, so I-, I think, you know, going down the list, I-, I think the College of Charleston job checks every box. And what he did at Winthrop was phenomenal, and the Winthrop program has been great. But I, I don't know that you'd find, other than maybe a Winthrop grad, that if given the offer between both jobs, wouldn't take College of Charleston every single time. 
Yeah. I mean, this is, it's just a better job. It's a better conference and your potential is better. And, and, you know, we started off the, the podcast talking about well, why not just wait and take, you know, a power five job. And I had this conversation with somebody the other day, actually, it's like, well, if he's that good, why not just wait and take a power five job? Well, coming and winning at the college of Charleston versus winning at Winthrop could be the difference in you getting a really good power five job. One of the top ones, you know, we, we just saw a guy that he coached under Chris Mack, you know, getting the Louisville job. Mm-hmm. I mean, that could be the difference in you getting a Louisville job versus you getting like Mississippi state, you know, so that coming to a school like this and being able to win, you know, for your, your coaching career and your coaching um, chances of, of getting these big time jobs, you went to a school like college of Charleston, you, the upside's just greater, you know, and, and as good as he did at Winthrop and getting that 12 seed, Who's to say that in three or four years we don't look up and see if he's an eight or nine seed in the tournament? Yeah. Um, so, so I, I think all in all, this job is is by far a better job than Winter, but it's not a lateral move by any means. I mean, look at two coaches in the ACC: Earl Grant from Charleston and Kevin Keats from UNC Wilmington. Um, you know, you're talking about the best, best, some of the best jobs uh, in the country. Uh, you, you can, yeah, you can get there from from the CAA. Um, and going back to that's this is kind of the Big South versus the CAA. You probably saw this a couple of years back when Jeff Goodman ranked the best jobs in each conference, and he tweeted this out when he shared the the Pat Kelsey news. CFC is also the best job in the CAA, which I know is going to piss off some fans, but let's <laughs> let, let's look at the facts. League high attendance every year. You know, if they're not first, they're first or second. Budget we talked about. Earl Grant was the highest paid coach of the league. History of success here. Everyone loves to tout the seventh all-time in Division One win percentage that the College of Charleston has. Basketball is the main priority. I think that's a huge one. This isn't JMU or or some other school where football is number one and basketball takes a backseat. Basketball's the main priority here. And really across the conference, CFC might be the only one that can say that. Um, facilities, recruiting region, you've got North Carolina, Atlanta, Charleston itself, even Florida, all hotbeds for, for recruiting talent. Selling pros, which is something that Jeff Goodman uh, brought up. You can point up to the rafters and point to pictures of Anthony Johnson, Andrew Gowdelock, Cheely, Brantley, Riller, all these guys in NBA jerseys. And this is one that I think nobody's really touched on yet, but scheduling. I think yeah. a big benefit to Charleston is, one, you get to play in the Charleston Classic every four years. Uh, ESPN tournament, you play it on your home court. But the maybe even a bigger advantage to that is because you're a host team, Charleston gets to play in one of those other ESPN tournaments every Thanksgiving. So whether it's in California or in, you know, wherever, wherever those tip off tournaments are, I think there's like eight or 10 of them. Charleston gets to play in that every year. So you always get your, your, your chance against those big dogs. Um, UNC is coming to Charleston next season. Power five teams come to Charleston all the time. This isn't like UNC Wilmington where they had, um, where they have Stanford or UNC, like last season, it was like the first time in 25 years yeah. uh, a Power 5 team had come to Wilmington. It happens all the time at TD Arena. And obviously, living and working in Charleston, it's like being on vacation all the time. But we, we knew that. All reasons why this job is so good. Well, and to hit on that point that you just brought up too, you know, we're the only school that really doesn't have to compete with anything else. Because like Northeastern's a great job, right? And they've been really successful. But you got Boston College, you got Harvard, you got the Celtics. It's Boston, right? You've got all these other things to compete against. Yeah, you've got same Northeastern hockey. You got yeah. that too. It's yeah, not even the biggest team in same, their own school. Exactly. Same, same with Drexel and all the Philly stuff. Hofstra, 
you know, I know it's Long Island, but you, you're New York. You have all these other things to do. And while Charleston's an amazing city and there's plenty to do down here, you're not competing against anything. You know, you're not even, you're not competing against the River Dogs, which would be probably your next, you know, big draw. So it is, you know, and I, that's why I kind of love Pat Kelsey's new little marketing slogan of our city. Yeah. You know, it is kind of our city. I mean, the, the, what people care about when it comes to the sports world is College of Charleston basketball um, down here. So it's it's a huge draw um, that, that other programs don't have the luxury of like we do. And like you said, because Charleston's such a great city and because we've had a successful program, we get to play these power fives pretty much every year. I mean, we, we yep. get two or three all four years that I was at school and you kind of take that for granted when you start looking at other, uh, even teams in our conferences, uh, they're not hosting power schedule. five teams very often. They're, they're, ne- they're never hosting power five, you know, yeah. and half the time they're not even getting to play really great ones. They're going to like, you know, Georgia and playing at Georgia. And it's like, well, that's, you know, that's power five, but they're not a great program, you know? So it's, and that's something I, Pat I Kelsey couldn't do at Winthrop, you know, exactly. He, he, he didn't exactly. get a lot of chances to, to take out these big teams. That kind of covers it. Uh, why this is not a, a lateral move for Kelsey. The ceiling at CFC is just so much higher given the the resources. So let's get into the press conference. Uh, you and I both tuned in for that on Friday, uh, Cistern Yard. What stood out to you immediately? What, what's the first thing you noticed uh, from that press conference? I think more than anything, just his his energy. And I know I keep coming back to that, but that energy and kind of that fiery spirit and how grateful and we saw this with coach grants you know press conference what was it seven years ago eight years ago now that just this gratefulness of like I, I, this is where i want to be like i'm so thankful that i get to be the coach of college of charleston and then to have that energy um about you know excited to to get to work with these players and fans and build this program i think that stuck out more than anything because i mean how many times do we see you know colleges make a hire and it's just kind of like you know why did they hire this guy and you're just not like fired up about it. Whereas you're watching that and you feel like this guy's like already getting you to buy in right off the bat, you know? And I felt that way with coach Grant, you know, eight years ago or whatever it was, you felt like right away it was like, okay, I'm ready to, to buy into this guy and, and see what we can build here. So I think more than anything, just that, that energy and that, that kind of fire that I've, and I've, and if you followed college basketball, you've seen it with him at Winthrop, but he's, he's a fiery guy. And I, and I think that's, just going to be huge for our program. Yeah. And it's a different type of energy from Grant. Uh, Earl was not a low energy guy, but kind of reserved his, his energy for when the game tipped off. Uh, You know, he was energetic on the sidelines, but you know, off, off the court, he was a pretty, you know, like very sincere, very kind, very like on the same level as the players, but he's not a guy like thumping his chest and like, you know, like raising the roof and like, you know, getting people to stand up out of their seats at, at the press conference. So it is, yeah, yeah I, I think a lot of fans notice that, that kind of like shift in personality. Um, it, it's kind of maybe what they hope, what Charleston hoped they were getting with Doug Wojcik, but he turned out just to be a complete psychopath and was, was like, <laughs> was, was more like in like a threatening, menacing way, like high energy. And he'd be like, well, we can't win games unless the student section's full. And it's like, why do you sound like you're threatening us? Anyway. Um, but yeah, Kelsey, yeah, I I noticed the, the energy right off the bat as well. Good sense of humor. I think he kind of had like a a little self-deprecating humor in there, but he was definitely hyped, definitely hyped up. Well, I was going to say, like you said, like coach Grant is a fiery guy, but he is a very reserved guy. 
And you're not going to find, I mean, anybody that's had a chance to talk to Coach Rand, you're not going to find anybody that's going to say anything negative about him. He's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet um, and a true player's coach. But I feel like when it comes to like marketing the school and the program and selling tickets and, you know, selling gear and all that, I feel like Pat Kelsey's a guy that can drive those things. Like I feel like Pat Kelsey's a guy that you're going to see in a commercial or see around campus or see kind of like what we saw during the Crimmins years, you know, and, yeah. and Crimmins was more so because he was a legend and they were obviously really successful in winning. But I think you'll see it because of we're winning. And I think you'll see it because Pat Kelsey's driving the, the marketing of this program um, to what we haven't had in the last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Something else that stood out to me and it's something a lot of fans picked up on and, and you and I texted about it. Joe Cheely got name dropped a lot in that press conference. Uh, I was surprised to, to find out that Joe was part of the search committee. Matt Roberts called him out by name. And then Pat Kelsey talked about how impressed he was with Joe Cheely. I'm going to guess you were a fan of, of Joe being part of that search. Well, yeah, you know, it's funny. I was, I saw a couple of former players tweeting some stuff after they hired Pat Kelsey. And one of the ones I saw was, uh, he said, I won't name names, but he was basically like, you know, college of Charleston used to be home and now it's just another school. And so I hit him up and was like, I'm like, did we screw somebody over here? Like was something, did I miss something? He's like, well, I mean, we don't know anybody there anymore. And I'm like, well, none of the former players knew Earl Grant when he got the job and he did an unbelievable job with relationships with former players. So what really impressed me and like, like we talked about is that, that Joe was involved and that Pat Kelsey, you know, had already talked to him and, and mentioned him. And, and I think that if that's how he's already talking about a guy like Joe, who just graduated a couple of years ago, you know, I would expect him to do a great job of, of kind of building this Charleston basketball family and doing a great job with, with former players and, and hearing their opinions and their thoughts on the program and all that. And, and you're not always going to agree with what former players think and what they'd like to see out of the program. But I think it is important to have those relationships and make it a place where all of us that have played there feel like we can come back home and catch a practice and talk to coach and have, you know, somewhat of a relationship with him, even though we didn't play for him. So that that's one thing I, I just from that press conference, like you said, bringing up Joe, that's one thing that I, I get the sense that he's going to make a priority of. And, and I think that the major programs that truly build that winning culture around the, the team, that's what they have. I mean, you hear about the Duke brotherhood and the Carolina basketball family all the time. And so if we can build something like that at college Charleston and, and Pat Kelsey can help grow that, I, I think that'd be huge. I, I saw the, the tweet as well. Um, and as a fan and as somebody who did not play for a coach at Charleston, that kind of sentiment definitely stings. I get the relationship that a player has with the coach who recruited him and, and walked walked him through growing up and, and watched him graduate. I, I've been a fan of Charleston now. This is what my fourth head coach since since I was in school. To me, yeah. I mean, the the name across the chest is College of Charleston. It's not Earl yeah. Brandt. Uh, and I, I think as a as a common fan, somebody who didn't play, you you kind of have this vision of, you know, if, if Charleston was going to put together like a TBT team, like a Charleston alumni team, it'd be this happy family of like everybody who had played over the last, you know, 10 or 15 years. 
And then, you know, I, I, I see a tweet like that and it's like, okay, is it way more fractured? Like, you know, like you're part of like the Earl Grant coaching family and it's you and some Clemson guys and some Boston college guys rather than like the Charleston alumni group. Um, so yeah, that, that kind of, that tweet kind of rubbed me the wrong way as well, but hopefully, uh, Kelsey can, can kind of win these guys over. And I think a guy like Joe giving him the seal of approval probably helps with that. Yeah, and, and well, and that's another thing is is when the whole transition from Woj to Earl was happening, like I, I felt like our team was extremely fractured in a lot of ways, and there were a lot of guys who were like, you know, I was a Crimmins guy, and I'm a Woj guy, and this, and now we've got a couple of like Earl's guys, and it was definitely like there was, especially when you know Woj got the job, and it's these guys that are like, you know, we signed up for Crimmins, not this, and so yeah. I thought I thought Earl did an unbelievable job of like bringing everybody together and making it truly like a family and making everybody felt like this guy really cares about me. You know, he didn't recruit me. He didn't sign me, but he's also not telling me to get out of town. And he's also, you know, like trying to make sure that I'm as successful as I can be on and off the court. And, you know, when I would come back and and catch a practice or, or go up to the office, like, catching up with coach Grant was great. And all the coaches, like it, it was always great to go and see them and talk to them. And yeah, it's bittersweet that, that coach Grant's gone. You know, it's not like I played for Pat Kelsey or anything, but I think if he's already talking about, you know, Joe Chile in that way. And the fact that Joe, like you said, gave him that seal of approval. I think that speaks volumes for the type of person he is. And I think the type of program and family that he wants to build around this team. Yeah, and and Joe was a guy who, who was part of a, a coaching transition as, as you were from Wojcik to to Grant. And yeah, I mean, I wish Coach Coach Grant was still around as well, but it, it wasn't Charleston's choice to to move on from Coach Grant, if, if we're being honest. Yeah. Um, so it seems unfair to like you know say Charleston's no longer home, but yeah, um, yeah, I, I'm with you. It, it rubbed me the wrong way a little bit too, just because I'm like I I, I get what you're saying, but I'm not sure if that's the right way to say it or go about it or that it even really needs to be said. Um, right. Right. And, you know, I mean, coach Grant's always going to have a, a place at, at college Charleston and, and here in 30 or 40 years when he's retired and won a couple ACC championships, you know, you I'm go. sure that we'll bring him back and, and honor him at half court with the, the 2018 team. And, you know, that we're, we're always going to have great memories of, of all those, those teams and the program that he built. But yeah, I, I I, it rubbed me a little bit the wrong way seeing that as well, because with the energy that I see from Pat Kelsey and and the things I've heard from players and former players and fans around him and, and even the opposing coaches, um, I, I get the sense that he's a really you know great guy and is going to actually you know build like I said a, a true Charleston basketball family. Yeah, and and we know that it's possible. I mean, Joe was a Wojcik recruit, yeah. and then. Fast forward three years, he's sobbing into Earl Grant's arms on the sidelines. Like <laughs> it, it is possible for you to develop a, a relationship with somebody who wasn't the guy who recruited you. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, and not just that, but Joe is obviously such a wise young man, a smart basketball mind. I would love to see like the types of questions he was asking Pat Kelsey in, in those uh, in the interview process. Um, yeah, that, that might cool. have been that. I was going to say that might have been the uh, the hardest part of the interview for Pat Kelsey was getting grilled oh, yeah. by Joe. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Joe was probably like, "All right, what's your what's your pick and roll coverage? Like <laughs> map that out for me." 
But yeah, I mean, going back to the press conference, I thought Kelsey really did a nice job of also recognizing what Earl had had built here. Uh, he specifically called out, you know, like the, you know, world-class individuals that that Grant brought in, the development he did with guys like Brantley and Riller. Uh, I think he he dropped that he had spoken with Jarrell Brantley maybe like the night before. Again, like, you know, going back to those um, names of, of the Charleston greats uh, and, and yeah. for Kelsey to recognize those, I thought was was really cool uh, for him to do. And it looks like he's, this is also not the situation that Grant walked into when you're trying to build up from nothing. Yeah. Um, so for Kelsey to kind of recognize the, the foundation, uh, I thought was pretty neat. No, I, I think that was huge. And I think that's, you know, exactly what Coach Grant and what Joe really did you know, when coach Grant first got here was we had a leader in Joe and, and coach Grant acknowledged the former players. And we had tons of former guys, especially former guys that he knew from like North Charleston and stuff. And so I, to me, like that's a great first step from Pat Kelsey and being able to go ahead and reach out and talk to these guys and try to start building that relationship now. So that's something that, that really impressed me um, taking away from that press conference. And that's another benefit to, to grabbing a guy who used to coach in South Carolina he recruited some of these guys. He recruited Joe yeah. Chile. He recruited D'Angelo Epps. Um, you know, even some of these guys who are, you know, considering whether they want to come back or, or go elsewhere. So I think that's another benefit to, to the Kelsey hire um, is he's, you know, recruited this region for a long time. Last thing I want to mention from the press conference, uh, you already alluded to this, but Kelsey dropped uh, what the Post and Courier called the G word, Gonzaga. <laughs> That is something that I'm all for it. Let's totally reach for the stars and be the next Gonzaga. He had said, you know, Gonzaga did it. Why not here? That is something that is really going to energize the fan base. I mean, like you drop that word because there's a lot of Charleston fans who, especially older fans who Gonzaga and Charleston used to be in the same spot, you know, early nineties having success. And then Gonzaga took one path and Charleston took another, but man, if he, uh, yeah, if you're shooting for Gonzaga, you are gonna you're gonna energize some people. Maybe it's realistic, maybe it's not. But uh, anytime you mention that, you're gonna you're gonna get people hyped. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't think anybody's ever gonna be another Gonzaga. Just the total success that they've had and what they've done. Like, I, I don't know that anybody will ever do that. But it's kind of been like the elephant in the room, right? Like, I feel like all of the fans and former players, and like when I'm talking like Bart and Willis, some of these guys, like we're always like, why can't we be this Gonzaga yeah. type school? Like, why? Like, I feel like it's always been kind of the elephant in the room, but no coach is ever one to come out and say it. So, uh, like you just said, I mean, it, to hear that, you're like, all right, let's go. Like, when's basketball season? <laughs> right. Um, like you said, maybe it's realistic, maybe it's not, who knows? But like, it's nice to hear somebody kind of acknowledge what we're all thinking. Like that's what we all want, right? And so it, you you hear him say those comments, and then you see the energy that he brings. And I mean, I sit back and I'm like, yeah, I I think it's possible with this guy. Like, I mean, it, it, it's a great way to get the fan base fired up. And and uh, yeah, I mean, I I sure hope we can do it. But it's uh it, it's uh it's a long road from here. But I I think yeah. that all the things we've already talked about with the program, like I think we're in a place where we've got that foundation to go after it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk what, uh, what has to happen because next steps here, like I said, we, we've got the the biggest decision made, but there is still a roster that needs to be reconstructed. There's a lot of time between now and, and the first practice, but I wanted to talk to you because again, you were in the same position as Joe was going from Wojcik to Grant. What goes through your head as a player when there's a coaching switch? I mean, are you, instantly talking about you know 
what's going to be best for you, where, where you want to go next? Are, are, is it wait and see? Is it fear? Is it nerves? Is it excitement? Like what, what goes through your head during that time? I'd definitely say it's a mixture of, of nerves and excitement. It's exciting because you've got this, you know, new coach, this fresh blood in the program, and you're excited to kind of see what's going to happen because typically, you know, a coaching change doesn't happen unless something bad happened or your coach was really good and he left. So, um, you know, there is like this level of excitement of like, you know, meeting this new coach and, and what was, what's his role going to be for you? You know, maybe you're a off the bench guy and now you're a starter. Maybe your guy got three shots a game. Now you're getting 20. Um, but there's also that fear of what if I was a starter and a 20 shot a game guy and this guy's system doesn't fit me at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's definitely some nerves. And I think that's probably the biggest takeaway is, is like, how is this going to affect my role? Like, will I still have a role on this team? Does he see a future for me on this team? And I think that's something that coach Grant did a great job of is all the guys that chose to stay. He really made it known that like, Hey, like I, I want you here. I want to build with you guys. And that's why Joe Chile's sobbing in his arms after making the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Um, so I think that's probably the, the first thing is like figuring out, well, how do I fit into this system? And I'm sure that he's, you know, probably already met with those guys and talked to them about, Hey, this is how I want to play. And this is, you know, where I you know want you and want to build this. And, and so I'm sure they've already started having those conversations. Um, but that, I think that's probably that first step of like, okay, what, where does my role fit in here? And then he's got to look at the, the roster that he's got and figure out, okay, you know, what guys are going to buy in, what guys aren't going to buy in, and what do I need to bring in to, to build this program? And I think the really fortunate thing for him is that we're coming off a crazy COVID year where virtually every player in Division One basketball is in the transfer yep. portal. So it's, basically, it's basically like a fantasy draft where you just go in there and pick whatever you need. You need a six, eight big man, you can find one. So <laughs> Um, that's kind of what I think is, is going to work out really well for him is that you do have this massive transfer portal that you can kind of go pick and recruit players from. And I'm sure that there's a chunk of players that he knows and recruited that are already in it looking for new homes. So, um, I think that's going to be something we see that he'll hit, you know, really hard is getting a couple of transfers in. Um, I don't know if there's any recruits that will follow him from, from Winthrop. Uh, I don't know if there's any players that are already at Winthrop that will follow. You know, we've all kind of heard rumors of that. But I think having the, the COVID year and that as of right now, I think it's still on the table that kids won't have to sit out or anything. So mm-hmm. um, I think that'll be huge for him to be able to, to build this program and not have to inherit a little bit of a cluster like Coach Grant did when he first got the job. It is going to be very interesting to see the mix on next year's team between Earl Grant holdovers, Earl Grant recruits, Kelsey recruits, ex Winthrop players, and transfers from somewhere else. Like those are the the groups that this team is going to come from. And yeah, the the extra wrinkle as opposed to any other year where there's a coaching change is that by the time this podcast comes out, there's going to be probably a thousand names in the in the transfer portal. Like it's that crazy. Um, before, before Kelsey can, can even tell what he needs to bring in, we need to know who's going to be back from, from this year. Uh, we already know that supposedly, uh, these things we almost know for certain Peyton Willis, Lorenzo Edwards, OC smart and Samba and are graduating, finished playing college basketball. We're pretty, pretty certain of that. 
Brevin Galloway, Zepp Jasper, Dontavious King gone via transfer. Galloway's following Coach Grant. Jasper's going to Auburn. King's going to uh, NC Central. Brendan Tucker and D'Angelo Epps, two very talented sophomores, soon to be juniors. They have their name in the transfer portal, but they have not committed yet. I I know Tucker was at the press conference. I'm I'm not sure if Epps was. And then you have what was four recruits uh, coming in that, that Earl Grant had recruited, one of which uh, Kanye Jones just recommitted. Now he's going to Boston College. He's following Coach Grant up there. Good for him. He's headed to the ACC. But, you know, those three other guys, we don't know. They're going to have to be resold, I guess, from Kelsey on on coming in, if Kelsey even wants them. Uh, yeah. So, I, yeah, there's going to have to be a lot of, like, I don't know if Pat Kelsey was, like, grinding away on tape, like, in the car from Rock Hill to, like, see which of these guys can play and which ones can't. <laughs> I don't know what his players are thinking. Like if they're like, okay, I'm I'm gonna do like what Brevin and, and Kanye Jones did. I'm gonna follow my coach wherever he goes, especially if I don't have to sit out. Uh maybe they make the drive down and, and come to Charleston. It's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be very, very interesting. But we know Kelsey uh has at least already hit the uh the recruiting trail. Uh, some news dropped uh today about that. He's he's shooting for the stars on the recruiting trail <laughs> as well. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm sure that that you know, he's got a list, I mean, as any coach would, has a list of guys that they're, you know, following and talking to um, from recruiting and from a transfer standpoint. And like you said, he's got to kind of come in and figure out what guys can play, what guys are going to buy in, and then what I need. And so, and and who can blame, you know, a guy for, for transferring to follow a coach? I mean, a lot of these guys come to a school, yeah, because they love the school, but you also have that connection with the coach. And, um, so there's obviously guys that are going to leave because of that, but um, he, he's got his work cut out for him for sure. I would definitely think that a couple, at least one or two guys from Winthrop, whether it's recruit or transfer, end up coming here. Yeah. Um, would just be my guess. Um, I, I'm sure we're going to add a transfer or two. And then, you know, I'm sure there's some, some undecided kids. And with COVID, who knows, there's probably still some high school basketball seasons that are like in the spring this year in some states. So, I'm sure that we'll see some some kind of crazy last minute signings and some transfers and he he's got his work cut out for him for sure but I I think with as much as going to be out there um with all the covid stuff I think that he'll be able to build you know build a a team uh fairly quickly but at the same time you know you don't just want to load up you know a team of a bunch of transfers that have one year left I was going to say is there is there like an ideal mix of of those different yeah, you know, uh, channels. You know, I think if, I think if you're building, you know, if a kid's got two or three years left, you know, and you can get, a, you know, two or three of those guys to kind of build and have a nucleus that can kind of play right away and aren't freshmen that, that you know, learned how to play in, in the college level. I think that's important. I think it's fine to add, you know, if you got a senior somewhere uh, or a grad transfer that, you know, you recruited or, you know, and you're like, you know, this guy was a really good point guard at, you know, Presbyterian or something and, and he's wanting to transfer up and I could use a leader like that, then yeah, you know, you take a, you know, maybe one, two of those guys. Um, but he's definitely going to want to go out there and get, you know, three or four freshmen that he can, can really build with. And that's, you know, I mean, that's really what, what coach Grant did in, in bringing in Jarrell and Marquise and, um, Oh yeah. If you, if you, if you nail you know, that first class, yeah, you're set up. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's a huge, and I know that he's going to be focusing on that. I mean, that's a huge key to get three or four guys in that first class that you can get to buy in and commit for four years to, to build and know that, Hey, by the time we're juniors or seniors, like mixed with what we already got, we can, you know, start to be an NCAA tournament team. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And it looked like coach Grant had a really solid class coming in. I mean, if Kanye Jones can play at Boston college, that, that would have been a good bet. But then, I mean, there was also, uh, uh, Raekwon Horton, who was a three-star guy, and then uh, this kid from Montverde uh, looks like a talented big man. So Kelsey's got to decide if if those guys fit into his plans. So yeah, a lot of directions you could go with this, um, but it's it's kind of uncharted territory for every coach because there's so many guys in the transfer portal with with the way things are. But I'd be interested to see if if Kelsey had the ear of of a, a talented kid who maybe didn't want to play at a small school in Rock Hill. But maybe now that you throw him, you know, Charleston, he'd consider things. Um, that's that's going to be very interesting for me. Well, and this also goes back to him, you know, at the press conference saying, like, if Gonzaga, why not us? I mean, now you're making that pitch to this kid of like, hey, man, I want to build a top program here and not even be considered a mid-major program. I want to be a Gonzaga where it's like we're top 25 every year and you can come and start that. Like, you can be the centerpiece and the guy that they talk about for – 50 years that, you know, really like spearheaded taking this program to the next level. And that, that's a big pitch to a kid, especially in today's game where, you know, kids go kind of all over the place and, and are playing at all sorts of different, different places. I mean, Cade Cunningham just went to Oklahoma state and I know that's a power five, but like it's rare a kid like that doesn't go to like a North Carolina Duke. Kentucky. Right. Right. Um, so, I mean, who knows? Maybe, like you said, maybe he's got the ear of a kid like that and where it's harder to get sell somebody on Rock Hill. It's like, hey, man, Charleston, you know, it's 13 to 1 girl to guy, got great <laughs> facilities, you live at the beach. Exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. We're hopefully he can, exactly, you know, like hopefully he can sell one or two of those guys on that and, you know, we, we get a couple big name recruits and, and start to take this thing off. Well, uh, you, you mentioned Cade Cunningham. Maybe, maybe Pat Kelsey needs to hire, start hiring some older brothers onto his staff, yeah. like uh, like Cunningham had. Uh, wh- which is yeah. actually something I wanted to talk about next was the the staff around Kelsey. It seems that no one from Grant's staff is going to be retained. Uh, so we wish the best to guys like J.D. Powell and Luke Simons and and everyone else who was on Earl's staff for for the past couple of years. Um, I don't know who's going to follow him to Boston College, who's a free agent now. Um, but it, it sounded to me from the press conference that the Winthrop team, like all the way down to like strength and conditioning coaches, were going to be migrating with Kelsey to CFC. Uh, so then that, that's a whole new mix of like guys who have to familiarize themselves with the roster and, and recalibrate how they recruit and, and all that sort of stuff. That's but but that's what happened with um, with Coach Grant, right? He didn't retain anybody from Wojcik. Yeah, I mean, we—I don't think we had anybody. I mean, Antonio Reynolds Dean was was there, but that was—I mean, he basically didn't even coach under Wojcik. Like, he got hired the summer that all the stuff went down, mm, and okay. then stayed a, stayed a year. Um, so it was, you know, basically a start from scratch. Um, you know, coaching staff. So, and that's not uncommon. I mean, it's hard to. It's not like, you know, Pat Kelsey has anything against these guys or these guys don't like Pat Kelsey or anything like that. But it is hard when you're so used to working with another guy and you know the system and everything to then be retained and kind of 
coach from there. I mean, it's, it's a little bit awkward. So I'm not, not too surprised, um, surprised by that. And for the guys that get to move to Boston college, I mean, that's an unbelievable career step. And I'm sure some of these guys will get some other, other really good jobs elsewhere. Um, but I think that also will help Pat Kelsey a lot, the more that he can retain from Winthrop where they've built and they know what they're looking after and they got a certain player that yeah. they go after in the system. I, I think having that continuity is, is huge. Um, and if we have an opening, I mean, I'd, I'd love to see them add a guy that has a connection to college Charleston, whether it's a former player or, or, or guy that coached here or whatever. I mean, you look at like a guy like Nori Johnson, who's coaching Juco and Spartanburg and doing a great job. I mean, I think he'd be a great addition to a staff here. Um, I don't yeah. know that a guy like Willis Hall is ready to come into the college ranks, living, living it in the big leagues in the NBA. But, uh, you know, I think it would be really huge to get a guy like that. You know, I think Joe Chile is a name that I think everybody says off the top of their, their, their head. I think he probably still wants to play a little bit longer. Yep. But maybe that's a two or three year down the road thing where he brings on Joe in, in some form. And I, I think that would be huge for the staff as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there, there's one other guy uh, who we don't know if he's going to be coming here or not. And that's Justin Gray. Uh, he is being held at Winthrop as the interim head coach because Winthrop is obviously without a head coach now. Um, yeah. So Justin Gray backcourt mates with Wake Forest when Chris Paul was there and when Pat Kelsey was, I think, like a grad assistant uh, during the, the Chris Paul era at, at Wake Forest. That's a guy who seems like he's of the mold of like a, a coach Q or, you know, X point guard, X player, younger guy who can recruit and kind of skill develop with these guys. Um, he would be another great addition if he's not tabbed as the next head coach at Winthrop. So, well, it's yeah. to be determined whether he, he comes to Charleston. Yeah, I mean, I, I think as much continuity that you can have, I think is huge. Well, I think that's, we've covered just about everything. I mean, We've we're, we've been going a while here, and I appreciate you you hanging on the the pod, Harrison. But um, I guess from here on out, we're just kind of reading the tea leaves on verbal commits and like Twitter, uh, you know, player Twitter and Instagram to see who's coming and who's going, because a lot has to be sorted out. Because right now, the College of Charleston has like four to six players on, on next season's yeah. roster. So, uh, like I said, a lot of different directions Pat Kelsey could go. We won't know if this is a full-on rebuild or like just uh, a recalibration until closer to the season, but it's going to be interesting. And I think Pat Kelsey's the guy for the job. Um, I think he is going to bring a lot of excitement and enthusiasm, and he's he's got a winning you know tradition uh, his his past nine years. So really excited uh, for for where College of Charleston basketball is headed. What, what what else? Do you have anything before we go? Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I'm really excited to see where it goes from here. Um, I'm really excited about the energy that's around the program right now and the hype that's around the program. And um, I, I'm just, I'm like already ready for basketball season. We don't even have a national champion yet. So <laughs> it's uh, hopefully, you know, come fall, we, we can pack out TD Arena with no issue and no COVID stuff. And, and yeah. hopefully we'll be uh, supporting a, a team that's uh, – off to a hot start and win a couple games and I'm sure we'll hop on the pod closer to then to discuss and, and hopefully we'll have a, a full roster at that standpoint but I, I'm just excited for for the season I think we made a, a heck of a hire and I'm, I'm really pumped up about what the future is for College Charleston. Yeah this is a this is a podcast where we could kind of stick a bookmark in it and be like where were things at then and and where do we go from there um, yeah well the Pat Kelsey era is is officially on and excited to see where this is headed and Harrison thanks for for hopping on the pod and uh 
we'll let you go. I appreciate it, man. Thank you as always, and go Cougars. That's right.